0: Welcome to the sermon podcast for Canton Church, a campus of Mount Perrin North. We exist to help people live a Christ-centered life, and we hope that you are encouraged by today's message.
1: It's my country, it's my people, and I want them to be saved. I saw this video for the first time a couple days ago, and I haven't been able to get away from that line. It's my country, it's my people. And I want them to be saved. And I think that sums up our heart for missions. You heard just a few minutes ago that we are a campus of Mount Perrin North. Canton Church has existed here for five years uh, here in Canton. uh, And we were launched out of Mount Perrin North, which is a church about 20 minutes south of here. Some of you are very familiar with that ministry. Maybe even were a part of that ministry at some point. Others of you maybe have never heard of that or never been a part of that. But we are two campuses of the same church and we, when we launched, jumped into connecting with their missions ministry. Uh, Instead of trying to recreate the wheel and come up with our own things, we jumped in, and they had a great track record of missions and the things that were already being accomplished there. And so this year, this week, we are celebrating 20 years of missions ministry through Mount Perrin North, and it's just incredible to hear all that God's done in the 20 years of missions work through Mount Perrin North. And You know, for for me, when I think about missions, uh, it captured my heart at a very early age. I've shared part of these stories before from this stage, but uh, I went on my first missions trip when I was ten years old. I'm not sure how in the world my dad convinced my mom to let me go, but uh, my dad was leading the missions trip and. And so he took me and we went to Germany and Poland and what at that time was Czechoslovakia. And we went to Russia and while we were in Russia, Mikhail Gorbachev was ousted from power and Boris Yeltsin took over and we're on our bus driving back to the airport uh, to fly out if they would even let us out. And I mean, I, I kid you not, I saw the tanks right there by the Kremlin. I mean, all, all that stuff. It was incredible. I definitely had the best story in fifth grade for what I did on my summer vacation. But like, I saw it all with my eyes, And I loved it. We got to the airport, and we were trying to, like, figure out if they were going to let us fly out. And they they delayed the flight and delayed the flight, and they weren't sure. And so we were all kind of in this gate area, and we weren't supposed to leave that gate area for sure. But I was 10 years old, and so uh, I didn't listen. And so I I left the gate area because I had to go to the bathroom. And the only bathroom, we had been there like six hours waiting, and the only bathroom was outside of the gate area. And so I left the gate area, and I went, and I did not take my ticket or my passport, so I went to the bathroom, and I was coming back, and when I got back, uh, you know, they weren't letting anybody in. They were checking all your documents, and I didn't have any documents, except that on the way out of the gate area, I had given a high five to the Russian security guard, the Russian army guy, and like, this is a face you don't forget. So like, he gave me a high five on the way back in and let me get back in. If not, I would speak fluent Russian today, Um <laughs> Because they'd have left me there, and, and, and my mom and dad probably would have gotten divorced from my dad leaving me there. But, like, I love missions. And uh, since that time, I've probably been to a few more than 20 countries doing missions work. And, and it just it grabs a hold of my heart. Every time that I go, I get this amazing kind of awakening in my heart of how big the world is and how big the kingdom of God Is and you just heard from one of our missionaries, our missionary partners there in northern Iraq. I'm not going to say his name, and we said that we did that before the message so we could podcast the rest of this message, but we can't really talk about him publicly or on the internet because there are safety concerns there for him. But you heard about him, and he's not just a name on a screen or an image on a screen that you may hear or see watching something else, he is a partner of ours. When you give two missions through Canton Church and through Mount Perrin North, you are giving to help fund the ministry that he's doing there. We have currently 16 missionaries in 18 countries, doing ministry in 18 countries around the world. You're going to hear from another one of our missionaries in just a few minutes. But when you give financially, you're giving to people like that, and the gentleman that you're going to meet in just a minute, and other families. And today when you came in, you were given a little printed piece there that has a lot of information And I'm not encouraging you to read it today because that would just be rude. But I am encouraging you to take it home and look at it and read these names and read some of the things that exist about the ministries that they're doing around the world and all the things that have been accomplished over these 20 years of missions, ministry, 20,000 decisions for Christ and reaching more than 170 previously unreached people groups around the world just through Mount Perry North Missions. And so I, want, I encourage you to do that. But what I want you to do this morning is I want to introduce you to one of our missionary partners. Uh, his name is Ali Arhab, and he is going to come. He just went and hung out with our kids in grade school just the last few minutes, and he was in our 8.30 service. He'll be with us in our 11.30 service as well. But would you give him a Canton Church welcome as Brother Ali Arhab comes this morning. Well, I appreciate you being here. I said that at 8.30. I'll say it again at 11.30 as if it's the first time we're meeting one another. But I appreciate you being here and just sharing a little bit about your story. And why don't you tell... I forgot to grab the microphone. Thank you, Trevor. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your family, who you are, just to kind of introduce yourself to the congregation.
2: Thank you. My name is Ali Arhab. I come from North Africa. I grew up in a large Muslim family. And um, I didn't know badges until I um, went to Germany. Uh, I ran into street preachers, and I never planned in my life to be uh, a Christian nor to be a missionary. But uh, those street preachers shared the gospel with me, and here I am. Um, here you are. Yes.
1: Tell us a little bit about your family.
2: Um, I have one wife and four boys, and um, I, I have been blessed by by more f- my four boys, and the house is busy, <laughs> as you can see. Um, well, we never leave things in the house and we find the middle the right place. Right. So uh, this is uh, probably my first mission field, uh, besides uh, the mission that the Lord has given me to reach out to Muslims of North Africa.
1: Yeah, and so tell us a little bit about that, that work. What, is, what has God called you to, and what is the ministry that you do?
2: Um, In 94, uh, the Muslims didn't like me, so I had to leave. Uh, They kicked me out of my country, and I went to Holland and studied their uh, missiology. Uh, I I call it sometimes messiology, the mess, (laughs) and uh, theology, and eventually um, I went to France um, to start uh, work over there, and people told me that I would never be able to do work in France because it's hard. But I said, Jesus, uh, that's not what he said. Hmm. And uh, I said, uh, I will do his work. And he said he's, he's going to build his church. That's right. And that's what he did. The Lord has helped me to start a church among the French and the Muslims. And today the church is growing and sharing the Lord and worshiping just like, uh, like you do. And uh, in the meantime, the Lord has led me to start a television network. Uh, because we couldn't get into the uh, preaching to people in North Africa, it's illegal. So the only way we can get to the homes to speak people is through television. As I, I had the Jesus film, uh, so I have to think uh, how I can get ideas about uh, preaching. So this idea of uh, sharing the Jesus film came to my mind and I thought television would be great. We use it as a tool. To uh, and the means of evangelism uh, for Muslims, we started the first television network, and that has grown. And the Lord has uh, led me to start another one to reach out to uh, Muslims of North Africa and Middle East. And so far, God has blessed us with uh, six thousand seven hundred churches, uh, all
1: across. Six thousand seven hundred churches. And then He just said, like, and I just started a second television network, just. What did you do this week? He started So when... I talked a little bit about kind of our Mount Perrin North missions program. You're one of our, our missionaries. And so when we give financially through Mount Perrin North, we give through missions... Uh, some of those funds are allocated to you based on projects and things that you're doing and support. How does that money help you? What, what, are, what are some of the ways that, that those, those funds help you to do the ministry that God's called you to? Yes,
2: when my parent came on board, I think it strengthened, it strengthened us, and it strengthened our work because we had uh, um, many workers that wanted to serve the Lord. And because uh, the, um, Jesus told the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few, but we had already trained some people, and we um, trained leaders, and here the word they, they want to serve to be able to be full-time workers. So, Montparnay has really enabled us to be able to take those workers to do a lot more work, disciple and teach other people and plant other churches all across. So, that has been very meaningful to us and empowered us in many ways that we could do a better job in working together, partnering together in God's kingdom.
1: So when, when when we give, it not only helps you, but it also helps to fund the ministry of those workers that Absolutely. are reaching people.
2: Yes, we reach out to other people in different places, and we look at other places where they are not reached. So those people actually are... Um, uh, have different projects of either the Bibles or um, those funds help those people to create crafts and things to reach out to the people groups.
1: And you were telling us in the in the first service today. You were telling us a little bit about w- w- when you first started the ministry. How many Christians were there? How many Christians are there today?
2: Yeah, when I first came to know Jesus, there were uh, there were about thirty Christians in the entire nation. And today there is uh, one point five million uh, Christians all across. That's
1: Well, we, we talked about giving, which is a part of our mission strategy, and we're going to talk about going in just a little while, but how can we pray for you?
2: Uh, yes, you can pray for us that we may be strengthened, we may be, um, you'll be partnered with us, either coming or giving or anything that um, uh, that could help us, we'll move the, uh, the work forward. I think your prayers could be like a, a perfume or anointing to us to mm. give us more strength and more joy that we'll continue to do that. Uh, mission field is not always easy. I'm telling the, the best you know, <laughs> side of it. But I tell you, when you hear the stories, people, you leap you know, with faith, trying to know more about the stories of people, how God is intervening in the hearts of people. It's amazing how God reached out to people that never thought they would be saved one day. Hmm. and uh, through uh, your prayers, through your concern, your care, uh, people are saved. And personally, I'm the fruit of prayer of people that have prayed faithfully.
1: That's awesome. That's great. Can we do that right now? Can we just pray for Ali? Would you stretch your hand this way if you feel comfortable doing that, and I'll just be the point of contact. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for Ali and for Francois and for the boys and I thank you for the ministry that you've called them to. I thank you for the 6,700 churches that have been started. And God, I thank you for the 1.5 million uh, Christians now. Uh, Lord, but we just believe that's the start of what you want to accomplish. And so God, I pray now for your strength. I pray, God, that you would encourage them and that you would strengthen them. God, I pray that financial resources would come to them and to those that they are partnered with so that they could do even more ministry in even more places to reach more people for you. And God, I pray that you would help all of us to see how we may hold their arms up and to, to support them, again, through prayer, through giving, or maybe through going and partnering with them physically. And so, God, we pray for him today, and we ask you to continue the good work that you've started in him and that you would give him new dreams and, and, and God, new plans to expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we put our hands together and thank Ali today for coming and sharing? So. You know, when I think about missions, I'm going to share for a couple of minutes today, and I'm not really going to tell you anything that's super profound or things that you haven't heard before, probably, but just to remind us of the things that we already know. That when you are A part of a church, you're actually a part of the global church. When you are a part of the Christian family, the Christian faith, you're actually a part of something much larger. You're a part of the kingdom of God. You're a part of this larger community of faith that is all about one mission. And that mission is to go to the ends of the earth and to help reach those who have been unreached so that they might find life in Christ, that's really our theme for our missions service and our missions festival this year between both of our campuses, is to the ends of the earth. Acts chapter one verse eight is a verse that uh, churches latch onto because it talks about the Holy Spirit and it's a part of a two or three chapter uh, passage of Scripture there where the Holy Spirit comes and manifests through human beings, and so we see this incredible supernatural power. But Acts 1 and 8, which is one of the most famous verses in Scripture, I would, I would say, says this, it says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, again, I told you earlier, I've traveled to a bunch of countries, I've done missions work in a lot of different places. It's, it's in my heart, it's in my blood, I love it. But when I read this verse of Scripture, if I am thinking through the right filter and I'm thinking about the fact that the Holy Spirit is empowering me to be His witnesses in Jerusalem, to be His witness and for us to be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth, that can be really overwhelming. To think about going to the ends of the earth? I mean, I'm little old me here in little old Canton, Georgia. How do I, how do I take the gospel to the ends of the earth? And so, I think to start, it doesn't have to be something that overwhelms us. To start today, I would just ask you, as you evaluate yourself in the context of this passage of Scripture, how are you doing being His witness in Jerusalem? You say, well, I don't live in Jerusalem. I live in Ballground or Jasper or Woodstock or Canton or Holly Springs. But the context here is that Jesus is talking to His followers and He's talking to them about their context of living, He's talking to them about Jerusalem, their hometown and Judea and Samaria, their surrounding area, the region that they're a part of, and then to the ends of the earth. Before we even focus our attention on the ends of the earth, I would say to you, how are you doing under the equipping and the empowering of the Holy Spirit to be Christ's witness in Cherokee County, in Canton, in Woodstock, in Ball Ground, in Holly Springs, in Hickory Flat, and wherever it is that your mail is delivered to? Like, How are you doing being His witness in Jerusalem, in your Jerusalem, and in your Judea and your Samaria, in the region of place here where God has placed you, He's positioned you for His kingdom work. How are you doing in your Jerusalem being His witness? And then you go, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing okay or I'm not doing great. But man, there's something about the ends of the earth that captures my heart. And there are people like that. Some of you in this room, you, you, you think about today and you hear what God is doing and you see these videos and you listen to Ali share, and you, you understand like there's global things going on, and your heart is just kind of drawn to the ends of the earth. We've got a couple families that are a part of our church right now, and they've got family members that are to the ends of the earth. The Ropos are here in this service, and the Hightowers are a part of our 830 service usually. They've got kids that are in other places around the world, and they've been doing ministry Michael, who played the drums for us for a long season of time in ministry, he, he left to go chase God and go out and do ministry. And uh, Stephanie Hightower was doing, teaching English and doing ministry and building relationships in Southeast Asia. And, and we think about like their heart was pricked to go to the ends of the earth. And for some of you in this room, you say, well, that, that's me. I want to go to the ends of the earth. I want to I see what God's doing elsewhere. I want to see what God is doing outside of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. You know, I said... A few weeks ago, I talked about what I believe God had laid on my heart, that this year in 2017, that we wanted to see 15 people get outside the United States and go and do missions work somewhere else in the world. We wanted to see 15 people from within our congregation. That number is now 14 because I went somewhere, all right? 14 more people since we felt like God laid that on our heart. From that time forward, to see 14 more people go out and do ministry outside of the United States, around the world in missions work. And we talked about, hey, we want to impact our Jerusalem too. So we've got some local ministry and local missions and local outreach. We want to see 75 people serving in our local community. We want those things to go hand in hand, to affect change, to actually share the gospel and meet felt needs and build relationships with people. And we want to do that locally in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And you're going to hear a little bit more about that in just a few minutes. But we just want to say, well, what? What is it God is calling us to? He's calling us to be His witnesses. Matthew chapter 25 is one of the most challenging passages of Scripture from verse 32 through verse 45. It's, it's one of the most challenging because we think about Christianity, especially in the Western world, especially in the United States. We think about Christianity And a lot about Christianity in our minds or in the minds of other people is kind of what we're experiencing right now. We come and we sit together and we sing some songs and we hear somebody talk for a few minutes and we get up and we go pick our kids up and we go to lunch. And that's what Christianity looks like for a lot of people. But Matthew chapter 25, we read the words of Jesus as he challenges all of us through a conversation he's having and a story he's telling here to his followers about what it really looks like when we get to the end of our lives And how we will be judged. He says this in Matthew 25, verses 32 through 45. He said, All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as as the shepherd separates sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left, and then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. And they also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick, or in prison, and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these you did not do for me. When I read that, I realize two things. One, I'm not smart enough to fully grasp all that that might mean. And two, being a Christian, being a part of a faith community is about more than praying a prayer. And it's about more than showing up to a building on a Sunday. It's about something larger. It's about making sure that James writes about later in the New Testament, it's about making sure that what I claim to have, which is faith, is also accompanied by action. It's accompanied by works. And so many times people have gotten caught up arguing about faith versus works and works versus faith and what if you do this and what if you don't do this and what if you believe this and what if you don't believe this. But every single time what I can find in Scripture is that it's not either or, it's both and. If I say I believe, then I will do something to show that belief. If I say that I love God, I will show that love by the way that I interact with people who are in need. I will demonstrate the love of God for those who may not find it anywhere else except in me because I'm wearing that tag that says I'm a Jesus follower. What did Jesus do? He allowed his life to be interrupted. He allowed his journey to be interrupted. And he went and he met needs. And he went and he told stories. And he shared the gospel with those who needed to hear it. We are called to the ends of the earth. And I realized that some of us were like, well, I'd love to go to the ends of the earth, but I can't. For whatever reason, I can't. I mean, I want to go, but I, I just I can't work out the time. I can't, I'm physically not able. I can't work out the finances, whatever that may look like for you. And so as I was preparing this a little bit last week and then a little bit this week, I came up with two statements. They are not profound at all. When you, when you hear this, you're going to think the same thing I thought. When I, when I typed them on my computer, I thought, man, that is so simple, it's stupid. But I, I really genuinely believe this is, this is what missions looks like. This is what going to the ends of the earth really looks like. The first of those is that you can go to the ends of the earth personally. You can go to the ends of the earth personally. You can get out of your seat and you can sign up. There's some information you received today about short-term missions trips this year and even one into early 2018. You can go to the India. There's two trips that are already full. You can go to India. You can go to Russia. You can go to France. You can go to South Africa. There's two teams going to South Africa. You can go to India in early 2018. One that's not on here that we're developing right now is a trip that I'm going to lead to Cuba this fall. I talked to our missionaries this week. I'm going to take a trip to Cuba for six days. It's going to cost about a thousand bucks and I'm going to take us down there and lead us with the missionaries that are there, and we're going to do ministry there, and we're going to meet needs down there, and we're going to share the gospel down there. You can go to the ends of the earth personally. You can leave Canton, and you can get out of this place, and you can go for a couple of days, and you can experience the work of God God outside the United States. You can go personally, or you can do something else. A few days ago, we got some mail in our mailbox, and, and I don't know how you filter mail, but I look through the mail, and I make sure, is anybody sending me money? Or does anybody want money from me? Everything else I pretty much throw away. That's pretty much how it goes with my mail. Does anybody send me money? Does anybody need money from me? Everything else goes in the trash. But we got this envelope, and it was from our like, neighborhood, our homeowners association. And it was about the fact that they were voting for the board, the elections, uh, for our neighborhood like, committee or you know people that just like to meet for stuff. So they, that's who we were voting for. I was going to throw that away, but for some reason, Corey took a really amazing interest in this. She like opened the letter and she was reading through the list of names and she's like Facebook stalking all the people that are running for office and (laughs) yeah, I'd definitely vote for that person. I would definitely not vote for that person and she's like wanting to fill out the form because it said, hey, come to the meeting two Monday nights from now. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not doing that. I'm getting my hair did or something. I'm not going to that meeting two Monday nights from now. But if you can't go to the meeting, here's what you could do. You could fill out the form and you could give it to one of these people that was listed on the form or you could mail it in. And when they came time to call for the vote, they'd vote, you know, all the people that were in the room, which I can only assume were thousands, or they would read out the list of people that had voted on the pieces of paper. That's called voting by proxy. If you look that up, proxy is someone who has authority to speak on your behalf, who has authority to do something on your behalf. So you could vote by proxy. And Corey wanted to vote by proxy. I thought, we're not voting. I think later I threw it away. Like, we're not doing that. Here's what I thought. Related to missions work. You can go to the ends of the earth personally or you can go to the ends of the earth by proxy. You can't go yourself. You can't go right now. You want to go. You can't work it out physically. You don't have the health. You don't have the time. You don't have the finances. What if you found somebody who was already there? You found somebody that was already going and you said, hey, I want to be a part of what you're doing so that when you get there and you do ministry, I'm a part of that. I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. I'm going to work on Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria right now because that's all I can really focus on. That's all I can give my attention and my time and my energy and my resources to. But hey, I want to pray specifically for the things that God's doing there. By proxy, I want to be a part of that. I want to give to the needs that are being met there. So you can go to the ends of the earth personally or you can go to the ends of the earth by proxy. But both of those allow you to be about the mission of God. And you say, well, what's the mission of God? Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I want to say something to you that I know will probably sound harsh. Anytime I say something like this, anytime that I'm prepared to say something like this, I always search my heart, my motives. I ask the Holy Spirit to check me, convict me, make sure I'm living this out, or I'm trying to work this out with the Lord. But I, I, I feel like this is, this is where we're at today. The mission of God is to go to the ends of the earth. And so I would say to all of us today, if you and I, Aren't praying, and I'm not just talking about Lord, you know, help those po- folks over there. I'm talking about you open this thing up and you call out their names to God. And you say, God, I-, I want you to specifically bless and touch this person, this couple, this family, strengthen them, empower them, equip them to do more than they think they're able to do. If you aren't praying, If you aren't giving or you aren't going, you're probably off mission. You can be mad at me. I'm a little bit mad at myself for saying it. If you aren't praying, if you aren't giving or you aren't going, you're probably off mission. It's not about coming and sitting in some seats singing some songs and hearing somebody talk for a few minutes. It's about the kingdom of God expanding to the very ends of the earth so that every single person who does not know that name of Jesus would hear it and know that they too can call on it and be saved. We're called to be on mission couple weeks ago, I got the opportunity to go to Columbia. I've shared a little bit about that trip. I was invited to go through another relationship, ministry relationship, and they invited me to go with an organization called Compassion International. Some of you may be familiar with their work, but they do child sponsorship in some of the most impoverished places in the world. There are 400 million children that live on less than $1.90 a day. And so they're trying to fix that. And so they try to connect these needy children with those who can give resource to meet those needs. And so I was invited to go and see this ministry, and I thought I knew what it was about. I thought I'd seen the name at concerts I'd been to and seen things on the internet and seen things in churches, and so I thought I really understood. You give money, it's like $38 a month, $36 a month, you give money, and it helps a child, and they get education, and they get food, and you know, they get spiritual things, and so, okay, I, I understand. But I went on this trip, and I was there for about a week, and, and here's what I learned. That Compassion International isn't just going into a, an impoverished country and saying, hey, there's, there's a needy kid, there's a needy kid, let's find somebody to adopt them and, you know, give the money. and, and let's, No, no, no. What they do is they go into a community, and they find a local church. And they say, hey, there's a lot of people that are in need in your church, in your community. And so we want you to help us identify the neediest of the needy those that need the most help and we want to help partner with you so that in this community, it's not Compassion International that gets the win and it's not them that gets the kind of the publicity, it's the local church. It's everybody in that community knows that this local church is meeting the needs of children in that community. So I got to go and I got to watch how all this played out at a couple of churches that we visited and we walked into these communities. We went into one town and we had to go into this street and into these homes to visit, but we had to go before like 10 o'clock in the morning because the gangs were still sleeping from the night before. They said, if we don't get out of here by 11 o'clock, the gangs will be up. And if they see you, they'll do one of two things. They'll bring harm to you or they'll wait until you leave and they'll go and they'll harm these families thinking that you left them some money or some goods. And so we went in early. We walked the streets and we went in these homes and we met these children and these families and we prayed for them. And again, my heart was kind of ripped out to think like, This is not just something on the news. It's not just something on TV. It's not just something in a brochure. This is how people in the world are living. I'm going to go back to my home with my children, but this home here where I'm at, where I'm standing with this family, the dad built this home with his bare hands, and it's built right on the river, and the river is contaminated. So in flood season, when the waters rise and flood that house, they've got to leave because they can't stay where the water would touch them they got to wait until the water dies down, and then they have to come in, and to the very best of their ability, they have to clean so that they don't get sick. And I want to show you a little bit of what I experienced there. And then when I come back, I want you just to be thinking about what God may have you to give. We've talked about praying. We've talked a little bit about going. But this faith promise card is how we fund our missions ministry at Mount Perrin North here in Canton Church. And I'd love for you just to hold this in your hand just for the next couple minutes. And as you're watching these images in just a minute, this gives you time to kind of look over this faith promise card. Some of you have seen this for 20 years. Some of you, maybe this is the first time that you've ever seen this. On the front, it just says faith promise. It says, depending on God to enable me, my faith promise through February 2018 is. And then there's a fill in the blank. You can say this is my total commitment or this is my monthly commitment. There's some demographic information. And then there's some duplicate information at the bottom. So you can tear that off, take the bottom part home with you after you leave the top part in the offering buckets. On the back it says, there's three great reasons to make a faith promise to Mount Perry North missions. One, we're efficient. 100% of your faith promise goes to support missionary efforts of Mount Perry North. 100%. The overhead of our missions ministry is paid through your tithe dollars. So when you give your regular tithes in church ministries, that goes to pay for the American workers that help to do the missions ministry and support the missionaries and all the things that are taken. Uh, taken care of through your ties and church ministry so that when you give to missions, 100% of that goes to the missionary efforts. Number two, we're strategic. We don't just partner with everybody, which maybe you think that's a bad strategy. But we try to be strategic. We try to find the places where our dollars can go the furthest. And so we partner with people that are planting churches to reach new people or we're going in to reach unreached people groups. Number three, we're effective. And you can see some of the things that in 2017 we're going to be able to accomplish. And then it says there about halfway down, it says, what is a faith promise? Faith promise is simply trusting the Lord with the ability to give an amount to be used specifically for world missions. A faith promise is a commitment to trust God so that he can help you to give towards his work. When you complete a mission's faith promise card, you're only indicating the amount of money that you're trusting the Lord with the ability to give over your tithe dollars. And then the sum total of all these faith promise cards help to make up our mission's budget And then our missionaries work with our missions board to request funds, and then they approve those funds to do the ministry that God's called them to in their communities. So I want you just to think about this, pray about this. I want to show you some of these images that I was able to experience, and then I'll come back and we'll close out our time together.
0: International and uh, it's been an incredible trip thus far today we are at uh, church where we are watching uh, children probably 70 or 80 children from about three years old all the way up to 16 or 17 years old and they are being taught Uh, they're being taught the Word of God they are being fed a meal and they are being taught some skills where they can generate income there's a a beauty station where the ladies are learning how to apply makeup uh, and do nails uh, because that's something that's uh, an ability for them to make some money here in Colombia. The guys are making some uh, little trinkets and things that they can sell on the streets, they can sell in the plazas. Um, It's just a way for them to try to generate some income for their families and so uh, I've just been blown away by watching how the church is really trying to meet the total need for these young people and to invest in them and their life and so it's been incredible
1: I tried to figure out if that little boy would fit in my suitcase. (laughs) He tugged on my heart. The second to last picture that you saw there was me standing with a group of six to uh, eight-year-olds, and they had on these sunglasses. A few months before, we had gathered together with our volunteer teams here, and we had given out those sunglasses. We were talking about, you know, the future's bright at Canton Church. And so we gave these sunglasses out, and they say Canton Church on the side. And so when I was getting ready for the trip, they said, Hey, if you want to bring anything to give out to the kids... Feel free to bring them. And we had a bunch of those sunglasses left over. So I took a bunch of them, and I was like the coolest guy ever. Those, those, guys, they, those little kids, they put those sunglasses on. They walked around like they were the coolest guys, you know. I was thinking about We gave those sunglasses out because we said, you know, the future's bright at Canton Church. But for those little kids, the future's not really bright. The future's not bright. Ali said, you know, when I was growing up, I the thought of becoming a Christian, that that wasn't even something I could dream about. The future's not bright in some of the places at the ends of the earth. The future's not bright at some places here in Cherokee County. And if our faith only exists so that we can come together and sit and sing and listen and leave, I'm afraid we're going to get to the end of it all. He's going to look at us and he's going to go, no, no, no. You were off mission. You were off mission. Like you just felt good about yourself. You just prayed a prayer and gathered together and did some things. You were off mission the whole time. But just like I gave those sunglasses out, you and I have the opportunity to go to the ends of the earth personally or by proxy and help some people where the future's not so bright to see that there's hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ. And so today, as you hold these faith promise cards in your hand, maybe you pray about it and you say, I, I'm, I'm trusting God. And you say, well, I, I just I don't have a lot of money. I, we, we don't have a lot of income and our expenses are kind of out of balance right now. And I mean, we couldn't give $5, $10, $20 a month. Then do it. Give $10. Give $25, give $50. Some of you, you could give $100 a month. Others of you, you could give $500 in a month. Whatever you give, give it because you're helping to brighten the future by giving hope to people that are hopeless to the very ends of the earth. Let's pray. God, I thank you that we can give. I thank you that we can pray. God, I thank you for the incredible opportunity we have for some of us to go. And so God, right now, I pray that you would continue a work in our heart that you started several weeks ago, several months ago for some of us and for others of us. It's kind of a new call to be on mission and to go to the very ends of the earth to reach those who need reaching. God, wherever we see people that need you, help us to hurt for that. For those who need clothes, let us clothe them. Where there's those that are hungry, let us feed them. God, if we can go personally, let us go. If we can't go personally, God, by proxy, would you help us to partner with those who are already there or who are going there to meet the needs that exist? We thank you, God, for all that can be done because this is your mission. And we pray that you would help us to get on mission. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening today. If you would like more information about today's message or about our church, we invite you to visit us at cantonchurch.com or facebook.com slash cantonchurchga.